I'll own it. Not just the fact that I was abysmal yesterday in our many votes of confidence going one and three with two of those losses going against the gut and literally talking myself out of taking Jacksonville State, excuse me, Sam Houston State, plus 21 and a half, which went against everything that I stand for, notably getting the worst of the number. I went with Liberty. That thing was dead as a doorknob. I did catch the under, thankfully, because that game came to a screeching halt offensively in the second half. And yes, the Washington Commanders, Trey, you hit the nail on the Dude. head. Although in my defense, the tragic passing of Dick Butt, because that news did not come out until after those picks. But so I also made that pick before it. it happened. Well, I mean, and you did, two, but I could have changed it. Two, as I tweeted last night at Trey Lyle VT, I feel like I should get like, like two wins. Because I didn't say the Bears would cover. I said they would win. I then said if that that's last the night. case, when I start taking money lines on one and a half point spreads, it was not a one and a half point spread. Line, it was a six point spread. No, but I'm talking about that New Orleans Green Bay game from a week and a half ago, and I'm still bitter over that loss. Yeah, but I but, when you have a lot but, of losses, you can but that's, remember that's that's completely different. Like th- six points is a lot <laughs> compared to one and a half. Touché. And it's also the Bears. It was the worst team in football. But I'm, I'm actually less mad about picking Washington because the logic said that. I'm more mad about how I thought that game would go over because of mistakes, and I didn't even go with that. All I, I mean, know is, Ed, we are now... Uh, we're both losers, we're right? We're both... Uh, let's see. So we I went 2-2, two two, so I'm at 40, 41-1. You're at... 40, 41, and 1. So uh, we yeah, are we tied. We're tied. Hey, no, we're hitting 500. We're good. So it, we were out of our element. We're not professional time. handicappers, and the fact that we're hovering 500, and because of the segment, we're f- we force ourselves to pick over unders in every game and the spread. We force us to pick games that either have local ties or fit with what we're broadcasting, which is often designed to have local ties. Teams that resonate in the area, players that resonate in the area. That or the big games on the weekend. I mean, that's generally what CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg just so happens to be, which is why you should download the app for college football games starting at 1130 tomorrow for the Red River Shootout. I'll still be politically incorrect for a second and call Texas, Oklahoma that. And, of course, Florida State welcoming in Virginia Tech. By the way, hold on just a second. Former Florida State Seminole Bryant McFadden, we're going to perhaps get a little trash talk from him around 540 today as, of course, Virginia Tech is at Florida State. Trey, after I interrupted you or just kept it I was going to say, just to tease this, um, the two game, I picked two extra college games because I feel like college football is more fun to pick. Uh, They don't really have local interest, but they're two big games. One has an ECC interest in it, and then I picked our four uh, for uh, you know, games we're broadcasting because we already aired the Commanders game. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're loading you up on Sunday, of course, with games, and I, I think your your projections, in all honesty, your games that you selected make a lot of sense. But we were throwing off our element, or I was at least, yesterday in our votes of confidence. And among the many things that I got wrong, and I kind of scoffed at this notion, if you go back and uh, check out the receipts that we have on our social media platforms or Fastlane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts. I got receipts. That's right. I do. Not the good kind, though. Because I was skeptical that the bye week and then a Thursday game was actually going to be more challenging for Liberty than the trip to Jacksonville State, which is now five days after that game, four from today, when Liberty heads down to Alabama. Yes, that's where Jacksonville State, they're located, not in Florida, but in Alabama. When Liberty heads down on Tuesday 
to battle the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State. But Jamie Chadwell seemed to sense that last night's game could be a bit of a tricky spot. Honestly, I think I'd probably prefer it being Saturday just to get the mindset back a little bit more because the, if the, the time you want to give them off a little bit, you know, to get their minds and bodies right. Um, and sometimes when you give them, not sometimes, all the time when you get players take days off, the next day you come back, it's never what you want it to be because, you know, that's that's how it is. And so it's like when you go on a vacation, you need you want, you want don't want to go back to work on a Monday. You need, like, Tuesday, right? Everybody knows that. That was Jamie Chadwell. And that was actually not last night's post-game press conference. That was a week ago when he met with the media this past Friday leading in to the Sam Houston State game last night. But it's prophetic because it explains a lot of a, a, kind of a clunky performance for Liberty. 21-16. to 16, they had moments where they could have flexed, but the offense looked out of sorts at times. Uh, C.J. Daniels made some impressive catches, but realistically, the timing on the short to intermediate passing was just not there for Caden Salter in the offense. It looked off for much of the night and bumped into a guy at the gym named Shannon, and he chimes in. Yes, it's the one who chimes in on our Fast Lane, Ed Lane Facebook, Twitter, Instagram platforms, but he had also brought up the fact that Liberty really struggled to get any kind of movement on the inside running the ball, and he hit the nail on the head with that. So it forced a lot of it outside, and it limited what they could do in the running game. And that's part of how the offense looked just kind of disjointed last night. And the defense gave up 96 of the 99 yards they could surrender on the final drive of the game. And thankfully for Liberty, they came up with, after some questionable penalties on that drive, I might slip that in there, but came up with, a big stop on fourth down, which really is what Liberty needed to pull out a 21-16 win. It is the definition of survive and advance, especially on a night where Western Kentucky kind of did the same thing, but in reverse. Western Kentucky, uh, the primary challenge to Liberty. Don't get me started on that game. Yeah, I- I'm going to take a wild guess that you had Western Kentucky, what, minus seven? Is that right? Five and a half. Five and a half. So, I w- as uh, Michael Massey, you may or may not, have stayed at my who stayed at my house last night got to watch me sweat out the end of that game well you got the win and that's just how it's going to be hey, sometimes yeah. when you make those projections meanwhile getting the win it is something that has eluded virginia tech into a much more exacerbated extent virginia Hokies two and three virginia oh and five we did an insane radio deals.com fast take earlier today and it's up Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, if you want to check out the full take. But it does feel like, and it's not just feels like, the indication is what we've seen lately and the records and the statistics, that Virginia Tech has some level of momentum going into a game where they are a considerable underdog, 23 and a half points at Florida State this weekend. A game, by the way, you can hear after the Red River shootout on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, 93.3 FM and VTR in Southside. It's more in progress, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get the point, Trey. But the, 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 the reality is it feels like at least Virginia Tech, there are things on which you can claim. Whereas for Virginia, not so much. Because, once again, this is what Tony Elliott said after the loss to Boston College, but it sets up an interesting game with William & Mary where if Virginia doesn't get this game... They ain't getting one the rest of the year. One of the things that we're learning, uh, and, and, uh, and I'm challenging these guys to internalize, is that energy and passion alone don't win this game, right? It, it takes a tremendous amount of focus, uh, attention to detail, um, uh, commitment, poise, you know, all of those things as opposed to just, you know, pure, pure emotion. 
it's a lot. It's as opposed to, I would say, in addition to pure emotion. And those type of comments, you know, only further lend to the critics of Tony Elliott that, you know, you wonder whether he's a guy that grasps that concept right now at Virginia, or if he does, maybe more accurately. And I would say maybe it's not that he grasps it or doesn't grasp that you need the emotion and passion plus the attention to detail and the poison composure during those tough moments. And oh, by the way, you need to be able to translate that to your team, both through scheme and motivation. And that goes to what's expected out of the coaching staff. I thought the guys came out understanding what we needed to do, uh, treating it as a 0-0 ball game that we got to go win the second half. Um, but unfortunately, you know, it didn't, it didn't carry over and that's on me. And I got to figure out uh, how to do a better job of, of, of helping them uh, be able to put a complete game together. And that was the focus for us this week is, man, let's, don't worry about the outcome. Let's just go play a complete game. Offense, defense, special teams, all doing their job, playing complimentary football. Um, and we did. Uh, some good things in the first half, but we just uh, we, we didn't finish. The reality, though, is while Virginia and William and Mary are much closer on the betting line, according to Trey's takes, and we'll hear those momentarily in our votes of confidence because there's no official line for William and Mary at Virginia, but Trey has done us a solid and given us one to consider for this matchup. I didn't really give us a line as I decided to make a free space, you know, in bingo. It's sort of like <laughs> that. So we can just pick our own line for this. Yeah. That ought to be fun and interesting. I, I think it's more fun, Trey, to literally just put it as a pick'em. That's that's what I decided to do. That's my that's our version of free space. All right. Well, more on that momentarily. But it's in that spot where it even is a pick'em and where Virginia fans don't have any confidence going into the one winnable game left on their schedule, because I'm not putting Louisville in there. More on them momentarily. I'm not putting North Carolina or Miami in that. One at least looks professional and competent, unlike prior years, <clears throat> Miami. The other as a top five pick at quarterback leading them, North Carolina. And Georgia Tech, while they lost to your guy, Trey, Scott Leffler. Jamie uh, Caldwell coming from, um, um, from Carolina. Yes, that's Scott Leffler, the one whose Bowling Green team lost to Liberty in the opener. Um, they did win at Georgia Tech last week. Virginia Blew out Georgia Tech. Yeah, double-digit victory at Georgia Tech. Um, and then, of course, Virginia wraps up with Virginia Tech at the end of the year. And what out of the history of that rivalry over the last two decades inspires you to think, oh, this is the year Virginia, who can't find a way to win a game, is actually going to pull it out against the Virginia Tech team that is at least showing some signs of progress. So that's why we are where we are with the Virginia Cavaliers. And it's why entering the games tomorrow, while Virginia on paper has a better chance to win because they're not playing Florida State, a top five team in the country, and Virginia Tech, they are playing at Florida State. The reality is confidence in overall direction of the program is and should be much greater amongst the hokey faithful than the Virginia Cavaliers, just given the data or lack thereof that's been shown by these coaching staffs a year and a half into their tenure. And there are much more big picture questions that are worth addressing and frankly are not going to go away if Virginia beats William & Mary, but will certainly be called out if Virginia loses this game and gets into the HOV trip to an O for season in terms of wins. But those are something we can look to later. What we can look to now is those games themselves in our votes of confidence. Nothing provides the intended inspiration quite like a vote of confidence. The confidence I think that the team has. You know, winning makes you feel good. It makes you confident. 
Now, here's our votes of confidence, inspiring you with the certainty you're seeking. All right, Trey, you did it. You made William and Mary at Virginia a pick'em, according to your hypothetical spread. I even looked at faraway places that place these type of lines up, and I didn't see anything there for William and Mary at Virginia. As an over-under, we're going to omit that part, of course, unless you want to throw a magical number in there. And even at a point spread... So Trey, How about this? Over, under, one, so we get a free pick. <laughs> I like it, Trey. Or we could do 100. Well, I don't know about that. 100, that's also overtime. the same. Yeah, we'll just do one. Okay, good. I'm going over. We both need to get a victory. We're going to go ahead and give ourselves hey, a solid. There we go. Now we're 500. <laughs> I like. Nope, nope, nope. Be very careful about how this game could go tomorrow. Oh, well, it's literally impossible to end 0-0, zero, zero, so we are 500. Okay. And then I'm picking Virginia to win. Yes, you're going with Virginia to win. You know, Trey... You're really going to do it. I am. I'm going William & Mary. I have that little confidence in the Virginia Cavaliers that if we're just going on a flat pick em, I'm going William & Mary as banged up and beat up as they are. Virginia fans will have the latest feather in the cap to notch, which is we have been Mike Londoned by Mike London, which is a coach that struggles with attention to detail, especially in crucial situations. Virginia fans didn't think it could get worse from the Mike London era. He's actually learned from some of his mistakes. Note the phrase, some, not all. But some of those mistakes... At William and Mary, we meanwhile Tony Elliott has shown no signs of progress. So I'm gonna do it, Trey. I gotta go with William and Mary if I've been talking this much smack about Virginia. And again, uh, we've had a great relationship with Mike London, and he was with us Wednesday, and that interview is up fast lane Ed Lane where you listen to podcasts. Uh, but uh, a lot of this also is just lack of confidence in Virginia in any kind of direction and identity. Speaking of direction and identity, it's changed for one team. Uh, maybe for the better, maybe not. Jury's still out on Oklahoma. It has changed for Texas. They are starting to back up their performances with great performances themselves or back up their talent with great performances. So, game one of our college football doubleheader this coming Saturday features Texas, a five-and-a-half point favorite against Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry with an over-under of 60.5 and an 11.30 airtime on CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg. Trey, you get the honors. I'm taking over 16.5. This is typically a wild game. The best quarterback on the field uh, for Texas is playing in that game. At least we sit right now. So that is Quinn Ewers. The best quarterback for Oklahoma will be on the bench all night in Jackson Arnold. So I'm taking Texas. I think they cover the 5.5. I will take the over 16.5. Oklahoma has played like one good defense this year. And it was, its offense was held in check, and that was Cincinnati, and they really couldn't block the interior. Well, Texas is really strong on the interior defensive line. They have a really good offensive line. I would not be shocked if Texas runs the ball efficiently. But I picked the over here because uh, I am kind of siding with uh, CBS Sports' Tom Fernelli when I was doing research about this game and what he said on the Cover 3 podcast where they're typically wild shootouts, so... At worst, I think this could be a touchdown game where you know they're 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 scoring back and forth, but it's like a you know forty thirty three kind of game. I know that score is probably hard to get to, but you get my point there. Like maybe forty two thirty five kind of game that gets me my over, and that also gives me my cover. You know, Trey, you basically just summed up exactly how I believe this game will unfold as well. Uh, I am more confident in Texas at quarterback. Oklahoma's right tackle is a legitimate NFL prospect. The problem, though, is 
Uh, that's the only one on that line that you can consistently trust, whereas at Texas, they have had a phenomenal unit of an offensive line, which is ever so crucial. Uh, that is, in my eyes, the ultimate decision-maker that even though Texas, they lost their top two running backs, Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, to the NFL draft, they've been able to perform well in spite of that. I just think there are more weapons at Texas to go along with that, so I do take Texas in the over much like you. Game two, Trey, of our doubleheader tomorrow. Virginia Tech, 23.5-point underdog at the Florida State Seminoles. Point total of 52.5. So I wrote in my notes that Florida State wins by 21. So I'm taking Tech to cover. I think it's under 52.5. I think if you're Florida State, you have bigger games, uh, you know, especially like Duke coming up, which Duke is not going to be as good in that game probably with no Riley Leonard. But... You have a banged-up quarterback. I think they're going to try to lean on their running game a lot more in this one. Trey Benson might have a pretty decent game. Um, I think Tech showed some life offensively with what they have, and they're getting healthier at the right time. So I wouldn't be shocked if this is uh, like a you know close in the first half and then Florida State pulls away in the second half. I, I think Florida State wins. They probably win comfortably. But I, I, I could see this as like a 31-10 game, maybe a like a which would keep my under or like a maybe a you know a 28-10 game somewhere in there where Florida State kind of pulls away late. I'm with you to a large degree on that. I like Florida State either to pull away late after it being a tussle early or they get up early and they kind of let off the gas and Virginia Tech is able to get some cheap points because they will keep fighting and we've seen that out of the Hokies either way. So that lends me to take Virginia Tech to cover 23 and a half, kind of a 38 to 23 kind of game, 40 to 23. Florida State will win comfortably, but Virginia Tech will do enough where you say, okay, again, I see that there are signs of progress, even if it's hard to say that about a two and four team. I like the over though for that reason, because Florida State, even if they're limited to running the ball, Tech's run defense has not been spectacular. Tech has been susceptible to big plays, so even if Florida State struggles to get going offensively, they can strike with those big plays. And Florida State, at times, they've let off the gas, particularly defensively. Virginia Tech will keep fighting. That's where points come in this game. I will also say Florida State has thrown the ball better than they've rushed the ball, and I would argue that the strength of Tech's defense is their secondary. And I think they'll, you know, Keon Coleman and, and you know, uh, I think Johnny Wilson might be out of this game. I, I've read something, I or he's banged up at least. Um, so that that plays into Virginia Tech. If, if you do a lot of quarterback run, which something that hurt Florida State against LSU when LSU was in that game with, with Jalen Daniels, and I'm not calling Kyron Jones Jalen Daniels because Jalen Daniels has been one of the best quarterbacks in the country this year. But there are things that Florida State has been hurt by. Um, what's the BC quarterback? Uh, starts with the C. Castellano. Castellano was able to use his legs a lot in that game. So, like I said, I I think Tech can play it close. I, I do not think they will win. I think Florida State will look like the better team. But I would not be shocked if this game's in the third quarter and it's like 17-10 Florida State. I think more points, but the drift of where we're going in terms of game flow is similar. Meanwhile, other games. Now we get to go rapid fire a little bit, Trey. Bama, two-point two favored at Texas A&M, 46-point total. Bama's defense carries them. I know Milrow 
Oh, there's rumors about a hamstring injury, uh, but it's so I'm assuming he plays. Um, and they were able to cover this last year. I know it went to the last moments. Um, so give me Alabama. Give me the under 46. Alabama's defense carries the way. Ding. I don't trust Texas a Ding, ding, ding. I just trust Nick Saban to get it done, uh, even with Alabama being able to go into more conservative mode. Notre Dame, six and a half point favorite at Louisville. 54 is the point total. Uh, so after watching Louisville play against NC State, I do not trust their offense. I think I don't trust their lines of scrimmage. If uh, Brendan Armstrong played any better, NC State wins that game last week. So Notre Dame, I think, is able to control the lines of scrimmage, and they win uh, maybe even by two scores, and I'll take the under 54. Ding, ding, ding. Similar thinking, Trey. If we're both thinking the same, we might not be thinking. That's obviously a possibility. But I've got Notre Dame for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. Louisville's been a bit of a paper tiger with the soft schedule. And Notre Dame likes to play grunge-type games. They're very comfortable in that setting. Notre Dame could get up by a score or two. They could just choke the life out of the Louisville Cardinals. And that becomes a real catalyst for the Irish. Meanwhile, Jacksonville at Buffalo in London, 9 o'clock airtime on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, kicking off our quadruple header that also features the Panthers, Lions, Eagles, Rams, and Cowboys 49ers. Starting with that London game, Bills a five and a half point quote home, end quote, favored against Jacksonville in Jacksonville's second home of London, 48 and a half point total. I'm taking Jacksonville. They've been in London the last two weeks. I think they're adjusted to it. Like, um, so give me give me Jacksonville and give me the over 48 and a half. I think actually points will be scored in this game. Uh, I would not be shocked if Jacksonville wins this one, um, but uh, I, I will take the Jags in the over 48 and a half. Trey, we're thinking alike in that I take Jacksonville to cover this. It's a big emotional victory for Buffalo against the divisional opponent. They got geared up. Now they've got to go across. Jacksonville is stuck around there. They know how to handle this whole London deal much better than Buffalo. I'm going under 48 and a half, though. These games have often lent themselves to that, and Buffalo can play that style, too. Game two of our quadruple header, 1 o'clock kickoff. Panthers, 10-point underdog at the Lions, 44 is the point total. Um, Panthers uh, in the under 44. I, I, I think the Lions will win. Um, I just, I will always lean towards taking the 10 points in NFL games. I've gotten burned by those big lines as well, so I'll take the Panthers. Lions win it fairly comfortably, but, uh, you know, I mean, again, maybe it's you know, closer to a 24-17 type game in favor of the Lions. Um, 24-14, which would get you a push, but under 44 for me as well. Eagles, four-and-a-half-point favorite at the Rams. 50 is the point total. Uh, Give me the birds. Eagles, uh, I think they cover the four-and-a-half, and I'll take the over 50. Weird things happen. This is early in the season for the Rams. It makes me nervous. I'm going Rams to cover and possibly get the win outright. I am going with the over as well. If you can get time on that Philadelphia pass rush, that secondary is beatable. Meanwhile, Cowboys, three-and-a-half-point underdog at the 49ers. 45-point total. Uh, 49ers and under 45. This seems like, uh, you know, a pressure moment for the Cowboys and you fade the Cowboys in that. Great exercise done by Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, the former NFL scouts who uh, are both with NFL Network. They did a little draft of the top 10 players in this game and eight, seven to eight of them came from the 49ers. I just think that roster is much deeper. And even though Micah Parsons is great, one of the better players is Trent Williams, who Dallas, I think, has to move Parsons around to have a chance against that offensive line. Niners have just more ways you can beat. They can beat you than Dallas has. I take the Niners, and I go under 45 as well. Trey, Xfinity race tomorrow, Cup race Sunday from the Charlotte Roval. Last year of this, before it goes back to the traditional Oval. Nope. What's the Roval oh, next year? Me. Thank you for that. I was thinking Indianapolis. Uh, what happens tomorrow? Uh, Custer 
and I'll take Tyler Reddick in the cup race. Nice! Same church, different pew. I'm going Parker Kligerman, your guy for the Xfinity, Denny Hamlin for the cup. When we return, Dave Walls for the win with us here in the Fast Lane, talking some high school football on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.